Hello everyone. We made it. The 2023 season is completed. 18 tournaments, 15 individual winners, 8 countries visited. But it's more than a season of numbers for us. It's been a season packed with every single emotion from heartbreak to joy, from frustration to patience. And it's been an absolute privilege to witness the development of our players and see them emerge stronger, not just in their golf game, but mentally. Welcome to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Botham-Lee-Dakin. This is the show where we chat to golfers from the LET Access series, present and past, about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. So let's catch up on the final event of the season, shall we? And wow, what an amazing finale. Miracles definitely happened on the course for Switzerland's Elena Moosman as she finally secured a win this season at the Santander Golf Tour Zaragoza. The Swiss star went into the final day one stroke behind England's Hannah Screen and emerged two strokes in front on nine under par to clinch her second victory on the LET Access series. It was a slow start for Moosman, who was two over par in the first three holes, but she came back fighting to card five birdies and one bogey and clinch victory. Her first since winning the VP Bank Ladies Open 2019 as an amateur. But it wasn't just a win that Mooseman clinched, but her full LET card for 2024 after finishing second in the top six in the Letas Order of Merit. It's been confirmed that Sophie Kitzgard Nielsen from Denmark, I mean, obviously she's been leading since the fourth tournament, Elena Mooseman and Chiara Tambellini from Switzerland, and England's Emily Price. Hannah Screen and Gemma Clues will all play on the Ladies European Tour in 2024. It's truly an amazing achievement and it's testament to their grit, their skill and their stamina. Yet, with the end of the season, we always have to say goodbye. To quote our tournament director, we are sad to see you go, but happy you are leaving. Which leads me on to today's guest on the podcast, Welsh player Jordan Ryan. Ryan has made the difficult decision this year to go down a different path and to leave the professional tour life for a career as a PGA coach. In a statement on socials, Ryan wrote, My life on tour has come to an end. I can't thank my tour besties enough for giving me the best two years. A massive thank you to LET Access. And we want to thank Jordan for being such a bundle of joy on tour. She's always carrying a smile, even when the golf got tough. And I can't wait to listen to her reflections on tour life, why she made this decision and about her next steps. So let's dive right in. Welcome, Jordan, to the Let Us Golf podcast. It's so good to have you here, finally. How are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, Looking forward to this. A new message last week, I was like, yeah, definitely. (laughs) What have you been up to um, since Kelletiud? I know we'll go on about it, but that was your last tournament on Let Us. And what have you been up to since? Uh, So I started doing my PGA training. Um, So that's been pretty full on um, because you have to work alongside it. 
Um, so a lot of shop hours, a lot of um, online studying, um, a bit of coaching as well, and like kind of shadowing some of the other pros sort of around me to see, well, how not necessarily how to coach, but like how they like to coach. Um, yeah, just pretty busy working more than anything. So um, as we should explain, you have made a decision to become a PGA coach, correct? Um, yes. And leave professional golf and tour life in that sense. Yes. How has this decision come about? Um, not easily. No. <laughs> um, so I probably want. Well, I've been. I wanted to play for years. Um, played amateur golf. Um, like internationally for Wales for. God, eight eight years, maybe, maybe even more, um, at a senior level, um, and kind of did everything for Wales internationally. So then I thought, you know, let's have a go at playing. Um and absolutely loved it. Met some amazing people and sort of got to see lots of Europe um part of the last tour. It kind of just came down to I'd had enough of living out of a suitcase. That's literally it. Um and sort of being at different airports every single week, be flying here, there and everywhere. Um, and not not necessarily getting to see all of the places that we've been to, um, or not not that much. Um, it's kind of just golf course and then back to our Airbnb and then golf course again and and then back to the airport kind of thing. So um yeah, I just I think I kind of just I'd done it and I'm so glad that I've done it. Um uh but I just kind of wanted a bit of more of a normal life now, I guess, is probably what it came down to eventually, um, after a good few months of <laughs> kind of debating it. But yeah. Um, I think what you talked about there is one of the myths of living life as a professional golfer, you're gonna see the world. But yeah. you don't really see the world via golf courses, don't you? Um not, not at all. <laughs> no. Um, especially on, on Letas level, it's just one golf course to another but some brilliant yeah. brilliant golf courses don't get me wrong oh yeah definitely what's been your uh, favorite golf course you visited and your time on Letas then on Letas um favorite golf course oh god that's a tough one um we played so my first year on Letas we played at um a golf course in Belgium and I might be wrong but I think it was called Millennium and that golf course was unreal. It was so pretty as well. Like they, they had a few of the holes had like um, this massive kind of lake went through all like a few of the holes. And then um, there was like people on doing like, I don't know, paddle boarding and, and all sorts on on the lake next to us. But it was just so pretty. And it it was a nice golf course as well. Um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that one. That sounds nice. I love water in a golf course. Yeah important to have it as long as it's not in the way (laughs) true when you have to drive over it's not so fun yeah um so let's go back now sorry I've kind of taken a little tangent but um to the decision to quit professional golf because it it can't have been easy has was it tough mentally making that decision you mentioned it took a couple months um I'd say so we I don't know when it would have been probably like the middle of the season um kind of around that Sweden run when we seemed to be in Sweden the whole of the summer. <laughs> um, yeah. We, um, I was kind of like 
debating it and sort of going back and forth and just kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm not enjoying it, which is obviously I, I get um, it's our job. Not every, not all your job's not always enjoyable. doesn't matter what you do. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely a lot worse jobs to have. It's probably one of the best jobs to have when everything's going right. But the more I was kind of debating it, the more my head wasn't in it. So then the more my golf wasn't exactly great. And then, as soon as I made that decision, I had an, I had a little break and then I came back for the, the Rose event and then France and probably had my best two weeks, well, definitely had my best two weeks on tour this year, which, yeah, kind of says it all, doesn't it? Like, as soon as I was kind of, I set my mind at rest, this is exactly what I was going to do. So I'm just going to enjoy the last couple of events that I'm going to play. Um, yeah, and like I played some great golf for those two events and then same for the last one then as well. So... The decision came about from not enjoying. Was that the main influence? Was there a kind of a financial element as well? Because I know it's oh, so yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. it's so expensive, um, and it's it's so hard work to obviously get sponsors. Like I was fortunate enough that so the golf club I'm attached to, the Park Golf Club, they've been amazing with me. They did like a, a fundraising day earlier on in the year where all the members got involved and it was like just a fun day, but it was kind of just a way to sort of generate a bit of money so I could play a few more events effectively um, alongside obviously working myself to try and fund it, um, which the the golf club were a massive help with that. The members really got behind the day and really supported it. Um, you know, donating prizes for raffles and things like that, as well as actually taking part in the event. So um, that was obviously really helpful. But yeah, it's, it's just so expensive. And obviously, we're not the main tour, we're the one below. So the actual prize money is not as good as obviously what it would be for that tour and stuff. So you really need to be finishing at top 10 each week to kind of be obviously be making money out of it. Well, within reason, it it's it's a feeder tour, isn't it, for the main tour? So that's kind of the goal for the end of the year is just to sort of survive the year and hopefully sort of make it up then. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely expensive to travel around. When you made this decision, did anyone try and change it? Um, no, I don't think anyone tried to change it as such. I think a few people um, probably told me to have a really good think about it. Um, so... Where, where was I? I was on ho- I was on holiday. I'd taken a week off, and I was on holiday with my girlfriend and her, her family. And um, I was I just obviously when you're lying by the pool, you're not really doing anything, so you had a lot of time to think. And I'd kind of come back, and I was like, no, I've I've made my decision. Obviously, I've been thinking about it for a while, and then I've made my decision. And I came back, spoke to my parents, and spoke to my coach, and then and my boss in work and stuff. And I got I've got a good sort of team around me, and just sort of said to them look, this is what, this is decision I've made. And they all kind of just said the same thing. Like you've got to do what makes you happy, but just have a little think about it before. Like don't, don't just rush into it. So I did, took a little bit longer again. And then I was like, no, this is what I want. Um, When I had that little break from playing, um, I probably, I missed sort of the, the back end of those Swedish events. Um, So it was probably about four or five weeks off I had in the end. And I was just kind of like, even though I'd missed all of my friends and my like the group that I travel with, I hadn't really missed the golf side of it. Um, and then that was kind of it. I was I I kind of, I knew I'd made the right decision then, uh, sort of going down the coaching route rather than the actual playing route. And 
I don't want to phrase this qu- question wrong because your new path <laughs> sounds super exciting, but did part of you feel a little bit like you had failed your kind of childhood dreams of becoming a professional golfer? Um, I don't know if fails the right word, I guess. Um, how would I put it? Um, no is probably the answer because I, I've done it for two years now. I've tried it and I know it's not for me. Does that make sense? I think, I think if I, if I'd not tried it and sort of in 10 years time, it's kind of like, Oh, what if I'd done that? What if I'd done this? Whereas now I know I've done it, I've given it a good go. And I just know that traveling that much sort of, like I said, living out of a suitcase um, was not, not for me. Not, not week in, week out. Like I still plan to play part of the PGA. There's lots of PGA events and there's the women's PGA events as well. Um, and maybe if you guys have any British events next year, I might see if I can get the odd invite just to sort of come back and see everyone again. Um, I, so I don't, I still plan to play. It's just more the being away constantly week in, week out. That I, that's what I struggled with, I think. So what is it about coaching that you're attracted to as your next step in your career in golf? I, I, I'm enjoying it. Like I've started already doing bits and um, it's quite cool. Like when you tell someone to do something, then they do it and like they get better straight away <laughs> or not necessarily straight away, but like you just change something little in it and then they're stood there like grinning at you like, wow, this is amazing um that's quite that's quite cool because obviously like don't get me wrong like they've put the work in but like because of you've kind of then caused that reaction instantly of them like grinning at you like saying oh this is so much better like straight away which is quite rewarding I guess um and yeah I guess that's it also like just having sort of a like I said earlier a bit more of a normal life and kind of like regular money <laughs> trying to like obviously being an adult's expensive trying to afford to live and stuff whereas like it's yeah regular income and sort of you know this week okay I've I've got this many hours in work and I've got this many lessons booked in so you know it's kind of guaranteed yeah that each week you you have a regular income yeah <laughs> what sort of age group are you coaching at the moment oh anything so um I helped one of the other guys do the junior coaching so they range depending on like what time and what day it is they range from like four all the way up to 18 I guess under 18s but most of them are like young so that a few classes there's a bunch of four-year-olds running around which is uh, quite entertaining um and then sort of my individual ones that I've been doing um mostly adults really um but again a range of sort of ability which is quite interesting I've had quite a few beginners but then every now and again some of the club members come in who've been playing for years and years um which is quite interesting as well so coach ryan i and i don't want (laughs) to coach ryan it has a ring to it that um (laughs) of course i meant to pay for a lesson but what can you give us some top tips um that you think people can benefit from like what's your top tip as a coach my top tip um most lessons consist of getting people to hold the golf club correctly so their grip and then making sure they're stood correctly the amount of times that people come in and 
whether they've had lessons or they haven't had lessons before um yeah that's basically it make sure you're holding it properly to start off with and stood correctly and that will yeah that will be a massive help <laughs> you mentioned earlier about your friends on tour um and I know you had a really good group that had a lot of fun when yes. you went away made the most of everything the highs and the lows what are what are some poignant memories you can take away from life on lettuce and with my friends no, I'm sure <laughs> it mostly I'm sure your good stories involve them oh god I don't know if I can repeat half of them um <laughs> what what should I give you um yeah oh, there's so many um probably Taz learning the whole of um the little mermaid under the sea <laughs> she yeah and every every time we'd go away she'd have learned another verse so obviously she'd have to perform that for us I've I to be honest I could probably tell you the words myself because I've heard it that many times from her um what else um I don't know really uh we I kind of have like different relationships with all of them um like me and Hannah would sort of go on little runs together just kind of just to debrief about the day more than anything um Jen me and Jen tend to room together even though there'd be a few of us um in the Airbnb me and Jen are probably room together the most out of everyone um which yeah like she she's quite she's quite a good person to room with because like when we go back we go back to bed and then we both have our own sort of like we'll both watch our own Netflix and then we'll just chill out and we kind of know that like once we're in bed like that's it then we don't really speak we're just gonna that's our quiet time then um wow and then yeah Therogy she's just so funny just I've probably definitely never ever laughed as much as what I have when I've been in Sarah's company just constantly like I couldn't even tell you like what but she's just so funny it's funny um I need to get her on the podcast actually I think she'd be a good one she I yeah I have many stories from Sergi but not that I could say on this I don't think <laughs> <laughs> um it's funny though whenever I see her on the course she always goes kind of wrong so I try not to watch her too much oh, <laughs> a little curse I think <laughs> um so Tara, is she a good singer then? You said she sings Little Mermaid. Is she is that a secret talent? Or uh, is absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I thought she, she's a great performer, but I don't know if a great singer would be the right uh, the right word. <laughs> I've got you. And um we will you stay in touch, do you think? Are you gonna miss them? Is that probably Oh yeah, absolutely. Um absolutely. Like uh, that last well, before I'd even before the last event, we were already planning like I'm going to go up to Scotland and like um, Jem said she's going to come down and play and stuff. And like, to be fair, Sarah G is only like an, not even an hour away from me. Um, so I'm sure I'll go and visit Camberwell where she's where she plays and vice versa. So it's not too far for Sarah at all. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Definitely keep in touch with them for forever, really. That's so lovely. Um, friends on tour, stay on. Stay on. That doesn't, I'll, that's just what I say, friends on tour, stay on tour, but then you're not staying on tour. No. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for. Like friends for life, yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, all friends forever, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah.
So now I want to take it back to kind of where your golfing love kind of came from. What age were you when you picked up your first club and how did you get started? Uh, I was probably quite late into it compared to like what most are these days. Um, I was, it was probably, I don't know, I probably didn't start playing properly until I was like 11-ish, 12, I'd say 11-ish maybe, maybe 12 at a push. Um, Don't get me wrong, I'd probably like hit the odd ball before that, but I didn't start playing. I think I joined a golf club when I was about 11 or 12. Um, So I joined at Newport Golf Club, which is just down the road as well, which where I play, I'm still a member there now, but um, where I played all of my amateur golf. Um, And then just because my dad played basically, um, yeah, he just brought me along and I could hit the ball. So he was like, oh, we'll get you some lessons. And then we kind of just went from there then. and like Newport Golf had a good junior section when I was growing up. So that was cool. We used to go up Monday nights. Um, Monday night would be junior night. So we'd go up, we'd have a lesson and we'd play like, we'd either stay on the practice ground or we'd play a couple of holes. And then if you got older, you played like a junior competition in the summer and then you'd go in and you'd have um, chips and <laughs> bread and butter with chips. <laughs> that was like the the junior night thing, basically. Chip butty. Yeah, basically. I love it. Yeah. And what was it about the sport that kept you hurt? Um, what about it? Uh, I've like I've always played loads of sports. Like growing up I played all sorts. Um was all all sports in school and then also played hockey to a decent level outside of school then. Um played for Gwen, which is like my local area basically, and probably lent more towards hockey um than anything to especially for like the first couple of years of high school I'd say um and then I played I got asked to play for the county team in golf and um actually really didn't want to do it <laughs> and um, my mum and dad were just kind of like look just try like if you do, you do it once if you don't like it then you would have to do it again so I tried it and um our team won and that was it then I was just kind of like oh this is really cool like yeah I want to do this and then just basically carried on going um and then when I was about, what would I have been, 14 maybe, um, played my first like Welsh girls, so like our national competition, and then got into like the Welsh setup and then kind of just went up through then for the rest of my amateur career, basically, So which was cool. And uh, you were the Welsh amateur girl number one at one point, right? Uh, yeah, and women's at one point as well when I was younger um yeah for yeah did it uh probably mm, definitely for a year maybe two years and then probably would have been like top three I guess um sort of once I was coming out of um amateur golf going into like turning pro then um some of the young girls the younger girls had definitely caught me up by then (laughs) they were very good and what's Welsh golf like for women as in how big is golf in Wales and for women in particular? Uh, it, it's definitely growing. Obviously, Wales is a lot smaller than the other British countries. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's definitely growing and definitely growing in my lifetime. Um, where I, I was lucky enough to play in at Newport. We had a, a huge women's section. We probably had over 100 women members, which is huge for well for for Welsh clubs anyway um which was really good because we had a great 
team like first team as well which was good because they, when I was younger there were so many really good players that I could play with to obviously learn off and then towards the end of my amateur career um there was younger ones then coming through that could obviously same as I learned off the older ones they could learn off me and some of the other women that were still playing um and then down at the park golf club now where I um work and play um it's not a massive women's section but it's definitely growing and um we have a driving range down there as well and even in the especially from covid more more people in general but definitely more women have def have got into it um i i do a women's coaching class and we basically run as like a six-week course and i think we're on our like fourth block of it now and each time there's been more women involved just because they've mentioned it to their friends and they want to do it as well so which is good that's amazing yeah is that something you would like to work on increasing like women's opportunities in the game yeah definitely um just more making it more enjoyable I guess um and like making it easier when golf is hard enough as it is so just keep it simple especially when you're just starting like you just most people just want to be able to see the ball going up in the air and going somewhat straight rather than it doesn't have to be so serious just to start off with. Like most, quite a few of the women just want to play because it's another social part of their life and then they can meet new people and just enjoy, especially in the summer, obviously being out in the sun, just wandering around. It's, there's, yeah, there's obviously huge health benefits to it and everything, especially the older you get as well. Like it's just another, it's another activity that you can do the old even when you're older isn't it definitely definitely and did you go to university or did you kind of just go straight into golf so I did my a-levels so wow. I was in school until 18 and then um didn't go to university I uh worked and was part of, like I said part of the Welsh setup so I um yeah didn't this is this is me back in studying mode now which yeah. is a bit of a shock which is a bit of a shock to the system since I hadn't studied since I was about 18 um yeah and as my yeah my mum said to me the other day um that I didn't really study that much when I was in school so it's definitely a shock to the system so I was like thanks mum thanks for that um but no I didn't um I I did I had a few offers to go to the states um but decided against it I kind of had enough of education after I did my A-levels so yeah totally fair and um it's three years isn't it the uh PGA coaching I'm not sure yeah yeah so it's it's like a uni degree now so it's three years um there's basically each year you have um it's distance learning and then each year yeah each year there's a week a residential week so you go up to um, the Belfry and you basically get taught kind of like the practical stuff, I guess. Um, I haven't been on my residential week yet. Mine's the last week of November. So um, I don't know the ins and outs to it properly, but that's what I've read so far and from what the other guys have said. Um, but most of it is just um, online learning, basically. And then there's exams sort of at the end of the year, then each year. Is it quite intense then? How many hours of study are you doing a day? Uh, it, yeah, um, you've got to do 30 hours in a shop, um, in the pro shop. And then they say anything from 10 to 15 hours of study in a week. Um, and then, yeah, and then obviously coaching on 
top of that so it's that my weeks have been quite busy so far um because the obviously the money just in the shop isn't great it's it's okay but it's nothing special so obviously to bump up your money a little bit more you need to do the coaching hours but then it's trying it's, it's um I'm just trying to find a balance between what's what's enough each week and what's too much at the moment so um yeah it's pretty full-on but I am enjoying it I'm really enjoying it and the online learning the majority of it is really interesting um so it, it's it's almost stuff um obviously there's new stuff and then there's stuff that I kind of already knew but then it's kind of filling in the blanks for the rest of it so that's always interesting so what about outside golf what do you get up to when you're not thinking about <laughs> um what do I do? Not a lot at the moment. Um, I actually had a day off yesterday and that was delightful. Um, I just went to the beach with my girlfriend and the dog and we literally walked along the beach um, and had a chip shop for our lunch. And then um, that was it really. Uh, no, nothing exciting. Like do a bit of like gym work, a bit of running um, when I have time. Um, yeah. And just... Try, I'm going to try now and play some social golf, which I haven't done for absolutely years, um, which I'm like really looking forward to. Um, yeah, that's about it at the moment. I don't have much time, but um, yeah, that's it. Dog walks, food, going out for food um, and a bit of social golf, hopefully. Social golf sounds good. Do you think it'll be weird kind of going back to just playing around with friends without any competitive element yeah I think so um more in the sense of I think I'm just gonna have to sort of manage my expectations because um obviously I'm not practicing as much and I'm not um if anything I so when were we in Spain about three weeks ago was it maybe yeah. yeah like I haven't actually hit a golf ball since Spain so um I, I did need a little break um but the how busy it has been has probably kind of forced that um so I am planning on um towards the end of the week gonna try and hit some golf balls and obviously like I said providing the weather's better gonna try and play some social golf so um yeah just kind of managing the expectations that I'm not putting as much effort in now so and as time into the practice so um just yeah not expecting how good I can play sometimes (laughs) all the time (laughs) And is that, I guess, in the back of your brain, you you still want to be the best golfer you can be? Is that is that always yeah. going to be there in oh, you? Yeah, of course. Um, I think that's any sports person is. I don't think they. Lo- I don't think you lose the competitive streak, do you? Um, like I've already set myself some sort of personal goals in terms of like playing playing the PGA events and what I can achieve through that, and it, but even kind of some of the academic stuff with it. But um, I guess yeah, like I said, when you don't really lose that competitive streak do you it just kind of it's just a different kind of goal at the end of the day but yeah I like I always want to win even probably with the social golf I'll still want to win <laughs> you've got a shirt in the in the background of your screen what is that I've been looking at it a little bit oh it's it's Jess Fishlock she's a Welsh uh Welsh footballer women's okay. footballer um but she'd signed it um there's lots in this room actually um it's not actually my office, but um, it's there's a Jess Slot Fishlock fo- uh, picture on the wall. You've also got a Megan Rapino picture on the 
wall and um Sheffield Wednesday stuff on the wall as well. <laughs> there's lots there's lots of football but you can tell the football theme in here. You're not a football fan though? I don't mind it. I'll watch I, I'm I'm a fan of all sports. I'll watch anything. Um I wouldn't necessarily have a team. Um but yeah, like anything like so the anything that was on whether it's golf, football, rugby, obviously Wales is quite rugby orientated um so i'll watch that when it's on more, more the international stuff than anything but yeah I'll, I'll watch anything i live in twickenham so i get the rugby thing everyone's obsessed with it. obsessed with it yeah <laughs> um so this brings me to like the towards the end of the podcast i feel like this is chat has gone really quickly i'm like still yeah, i know <laughs> ask you but um i'm gonna move on to what we normally do with quick fire round to finish but I sometimes okay. get distracted and end up asking random non-quick fire questions anyway but we'll give it a go okay. um okay when you're playing golf what's your favorite snack I mean it's obviously chips but when you're uh, <laughs> when you're uh, Jaffa. Jaffa cakes okay. is it a cake or is it a biscuit in your opinion oh uh I guess it's a cake would it not I don't know a cake I think it's a debate, isn't it, in Britain, for those that don't know. Jaffa cakes, um, are they a cake or are they a biscuit? I'm not a big fan of Jaffa cakes. I don't like the marmalade. Oh, love a Jaffa cake. Do you? Mm. Yeah. They're not squishing your golf bag. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think I'd leave them in there long enough to, <laughs> for them to squish. Fair enough. Um, Favourite club in the bag? Favourite club? My driver. How come? Just, uh, I hit a lot of fairways. It's probably my best club in the bag. Um, like the girl, my girls always sort of joke that I don't miss a fairway. Um, like whenever we play practice rounds, they'll sort of take the mick in the sense of, oh, there's another fairway hit. <laughs> so it's uh, it's just, it's probably the most reliable club in my bag. Yeah. I love that. And for a lot of people, it's the least reliable. So Yeah, I know, which is quite enjoyable to be fair when mine is just like, yeah, straight. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. So I always ask a dream four ball. Um, so three other players to play with, or doesn't have to be golf. Can be anyone from present or past you want to play golf with. Um, if it's not Tiger Woods, that'd be great. Everyone says Tiger Woods, so so. I don't think he'd be in mine to be honest. Um, Rory, Nelly, um, and probably. Lexi I think she's class or and especially when I was younger um yeah those three I'd say am I am I playing as well or am I just wandering around yeah no there you go there's the three (laughs) and what course would you play with them oh wow uh what course would I play am I allowed to say new court like I love my golf (laughs) yeah of course yeah my my where I grew up playing definitely you probably have the home advantage against them as well. Because yeah, I might have half a chance of <laughs> doing half decent around them. Is so Newport's your favourite course in Wales? Yes, by far. Yeah, I am a bit biased, but yeah, I love it. It's a great golf course. Sorry, Park Golf Club. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I love the facilities down at the Park Golf Club are mm. second to none. The, we've got a, the range down there and we've got an all-weather short game facility and it's amazing because it's floodlit so obviously you can go on there whenever um but the actual golf course at Newport is probably my favorite course yeah 
And favourite thing about Wales to finish? Thing about Wales? Um, probably the mountains. I love going up for a dog walk up the mountains. Um, I've got loads around with me and it's just, when you're up on top, it's amazing because you can just see for miles and miles. And most of the time, there's not many people up there as well. <laughs> Do you always want to stay in Wales then? I'd say so. Like, if... Um, yeah I'd say so if if I had lots and lots of money um I'd probably I might have a house somewhere in hotter climates as well but yeah Wales would always be my base for sure well it's yeah. been so lovely um chatting to you I always finish the podcast with um your best advice to anyone any golfer out there it can be professional or amateur keep it pretty vague but your best advice from your experience so far Probably to, sounds a bit cliche, but always enjoy it. Like whether it is your job or not, um, the end of the day is a sport as well. And like the reason you did it in the first place is because you enjoyed it. And chances are, if you keep enjoying it, you'll probably play better. Um, So yeah, just try and keep some sort of fun elements in it, even if it is your job, I'd say, so you can enjoy it. I really like that advice. Um, Definitely from my experience watching this year, players that are having the most fun are normally playing the best as well yeah and definitely and that advice is kind of very particular to you as well which I love yeah definitely yeah (laughs) well thanks so much Jordan for joining me today um and I really hope to see you some point next year hopefully Britain I hope so too thank you never know we might have a tournament in Wales I hope so Thank you all for once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast and a massive thank you for this week's guest, Jordan Ryan. What an incredibly brave decision she's made and a really exciting adventure ahead. All of us at Let Us wish her such success in her coaching and go buy some lessons off her now. As you may all know, it is the end of the season. We have no more events, which is incredibly sad, but also quite exciting as our players have time to rest and get ready for Q School. Pre-qualifiers starts on Sunday the 10th of December to Tuesday the 12th of December, whilst then our final qualifiers start on the 6th. And it's all happening in Marrakesh this year the Lala Aika Qualifying School. To find out more, head over to the LT Access website. Well, as always, I really enjoyed that chat. And if you're listening to me now, you must have done too. So please, pretty please, show your appreciation by clicking that subscribing button or reviewing and rating this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast to give the series a boost and help others find it. But not only that, raising the profile of our fantastic players. I will be back next week chatting finally to Emily Price, one of our top six in the order of merit and the only one so far to escape recording a podcast episode. So I'm really looking forward for her reflections on the season and what's up next for her next year on the LET. So see you then.